us a mind and the knowledge to know that you deserve all of the praise and you deserve all of the glory not just on Easter but every day of the year thank you now Lord thank you because your spirit is already here bless us now through this service keep us in your care and we ask that you do it in the precious name of Jesus Christ our risen Savior amen amen good thing to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. You know, we didn't have to be here. But I'm just thanking God for all of his many blessings and he do them day after day, minute after minute, second after second. We want to ask now that you prepare for the congregation of him. Prior to that is our response to reading. So if you would, please stand. Will you just read with me the response of reading for the morning? Now that we have been justified by his blood, we will be saved through him from the wrath of God. Let's say that again, please. Amen. I know this choir is going to lead us in the congregation hymn for the morning, so we're going to allow them to do this at this time. Let's all sing together.
He's capable of washing us white as snow. If we need him, all we have to do is just call and be obedient. Amen. Again, we thank God for our presence this morning to see this wonderful day. We're going to share with you just a few announcements at this time. Uh, the, the daughter of Mrs. Planny Washington passed away on Thursday, that's March 29th, and will be funeralized on Saturday, April the 7th at People's Funeral Home. We ask you to please pray for that family. Also, we ask you to please keep all of our sick and shut-in members in our prayers. Uh, we had a specific request from Brother Buchanan. He's asking for prayers for Mrs. Buchanan, and I know that she's going through some things, but we prayer changes, saying amen. amen. Also, ask that you please pray for the Sylvester family. We'd also like to just ask that you just pray one for another. I don't know about you, but I need it. How about you? I just want to say a couple of things. We thank the mayor, of course, for coming our pastor over to um, a revival session on last week. Did a great job. And we also want to thank our pastor did an outstanding job as usual. So come on, give that a big round of applause. We have so much to be thankful for. Amen? Amen. I won't go any further. We're going to ask the media if you would do your part, please. Good morning, Kate Chapel. Ladies, come and get on the bus. There are still seats available, so join us as we travel to Foley, Alabama for the Women's Day shopping trip on Saturday, April the 14th. The cost is only $35 per person, and today is the last day to pay. Be sure to stop by the Old Fellowship Hall after worship services today to reserve your seat and get more information. If you have questions, please contact Sister Terry Gray at 601-750-8658 or Margaret Williams at 601-668-3388. Join us on next Sunday for Children's Church during the 11 a.m. worship service. Children's Church is available every second and third Sunday here at Cade for children ages 5 through 12. Children's Church is located in the Cade Learning Center. The Mississippi Valley State University Choir will be in concert here at Cade Chapel on Sunday, April the 22nd at 4 p.m. Area high schools have been invited as well. Scholarship information will be available to interested students. For more information, please contact Brother Ricky Thickpin or Sister Mary Crump. Calling all runners and walkers, the Nate Ruffin 5K Walk and Run and Health Fair will be held on April the 21st. See any member of the Nate Ruffin Scholarship Board for registration information. This year, cash prices will be available to the first, second, and third place winners. A t-shirt is guaranteed for all registrations received by April the 14th. Please come out and walk or run. Then afterwards, visit the health fair. All proceeds go to support scholarships for our students. Hey, parents and kids entering the first through the sixth grade, registration for Camp K 2018 is open. Camp K will take place on June the 4th through the 8th from 7.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. Come and enjoy a half day of fun exploring science and arts, as well as participating in events like soccer and football, basketball, cheer, golf, and archery. And guess what? There's also a field trip this year, but you gotta sign up to learn more about it. Breakfast and lunch will be provided each day. 
The registration booth will open in the Old Fellowship Hall on next Sunday, April the 8th through May the 27th from 9 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. You can stop by and register or you can register today by texting Camp K to 70000. The cost of the camp is $60 and space is limited. So mark your calendars and make your summer awesome. And just before I go, let me wish happy birthday to everyone with a birthday during the month of April. Get ready to stand up in just a minute so we can sing happy birthday to each of you. And please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events. And to share your ministry news with the K-Chapel family, just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com or you can go to the Submit Info tab on the K-Chapel app. But be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. I heard it. Visitors, we're going to ask you in just a moment to stand and let us welcome you to K-Chapel. Um, so at this time, why don't we just go ahead and do that. All visitors, listen, if you're not yet a member of this congregation, we're going to ask you to please stand. Let us thank you for coming and invite you back. All visitors, please stand up. Stand up, visitors. Stand up, visitors. Amen. Remain standing. Remain standing. We want you to know on behalf of our senior pastor, Reverend Reginald Buck, our pastor, Mister Reverend Horace Buckley, all the members of the pulpit, and the entire K Chapel family. Just so happy that you you chose to worship with us today. If you just visit, please come anytime to catch your live. But if by chance you're looking for a church home before you leave here, we're gonna to try to convince you to just find home. And while you're standing, and I wish you would again, we're gonna ask you, we're gonna give you something that you can only get here at K Chapel Mission at Baptist Church. Go Lamont. This is our fellowship here. We want to reach out and welcome your neighbor. Welcome to K Chapel.
may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Anybody glad Jesus rose this morning? I mean, anybody really glad that you serve a risen Savior, a living Savior? Amen. He is alive and well. Amen. Amen. So good to see each of you, my father's children. I don't know if anybody saw. Brother Graham, I saw you when you were walking back. Brother Graham had a little spry and a dance in his step. Did y'all see it? Somebody saw it other than me. I know he was dancing because it's Easter. But, but I think he also dancing because Sister Graham's sitting right there. <laughs> Amen. Good to have you back in the service. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Good, good to be here. Listen, all of our April babies, if you have a, a birthday in the month of April, won't you stand to your feet and let us wish you a happy birthday on this month? Oh, it's your birthday month too. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet. Let's wish them happy birthday. Sing to them happy birthday. Come on, happy. you god bless you listen do want to remind you also that this thursday this thursday we will be worshiping with the new galilee baptist church out on flag chapel road they're going to be having their uh spring revival i'll be bringing the uh sermon on thursday thursday of this week i believe the fellowship choir is going to be joining us out there this week is that right amen so we invite you to join us this thursday at 7 p.m at the new galilee baptist church out on flag chapel road brother Pippen. We're going to pause now for a time in our service where we all can participate. We're going to ask you to prepare to give now as you have been so blessed. And listen, just remember, you can't be God-given. We're going to have the spoken word from the pulpit, after which the ushers will prepare. Excuse me, usher will prepare to receive your offering. And Jacob vowed a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. And this store which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house, and all that shall thou give me, I will surely give the tent unto thee. Blessing to the hearers and the doers of God's word. Amen. Amen. Choir, ushers. I tried to 
victory in the risen Savior. God, we know that you did die for us, but you rose from the dead, and you are alive, and all of our sins are washed away. Now, Lord, we thank you for this offering and all of those who gave, and we thank you for the work that can be done with these seeds that have been planted. Now, in the name of Jesus, all the saints say amen, amen, amen. And amen. I just, I just can't help but to say this, this choir is awesome this morning, aren't they? They are absolutely, I think they need to be recognized. Choir, just stand up, let us see you one more time. Just stand up where you are. Stand up, choir. Stand up. Come on, let's give them a big round of applause. God bless you. It took some time in preparation. It's all worth it. Thank God for you. This time now, we're going to pause for a time. They're going to come back to us in their own way, and we're going to ask that you pray and ask God to fix you to be ready for the sermon that's forthcoming. This is special music.
Can we bless God for a living Savior? A God who defied everything that they thought was going to happen, but he said, no, the grave can't keep me. Death can't hold me. The prophets declared I would be risen the third day and I'm going to do and fulfill my mission and purpose. God is alive and well. Hallelujah. He's not dead. He's not dead. He's not dead. Bless his name. Bless his name. So good to see each of you, my father's children. We thank God for your presence on this early morning service, 7 o'clock. Thank you for getting up early, meeting us here. And thank you for counting in not robbery to get out from under them covers. Bless his name. Come and meet us early Sunday morning. Understand that Brother Blunson is here. Amen. Brother Blunson, good to see you this morning. You've been out for some time, but God is a healer. Amen. Good to see you on this morning. Wave your hand, Brother Blunson. Let them see you. They're looking for you. There he is. Amen. Good to see you on this morning. I want to invite your attention to Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 24. I want to begin reading at the 13th verse. And there you will find these words recorded. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs. They talked together of all these things which had happened. It came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communication are these things that ye have one to another as ye walk? And are sad. And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? He said unto them, What things? They said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed in word before God and all the people and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. Beside all this today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he is alive. Yeah. Certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the women had said. But him they saw not. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk this morning from the subject when Jesus shows up. When Jesus shows up. The mystery of this early morning miracle, miracle that we celebrate this morning, still affirms the faith of believers around the world. Yeah. 
This is the believer's day. This is the highlight of our faith calendar. The resurrection of our Savior. Paul says, if there be no resurrection, then everything we do here is in vain. If, if there be no resurrection, everything that we preach about, everything that we teach about, everything that we worship here this morning means nothing. And if you cannot in full confidence celebrate the resurrection, you have a hollow faith. It is the bedrock. Of the believer's hope. It is the foundation of Christian faith. And true disciples of Jesus. True followers of Christ. Do not look for ways around the resurrection. They do not look for convenient excuses to explain away the resurrection. But true believers lean into the resurrection and its reality. And we confidently believe it to be a defining facet of our faith that distinguishes Christianity as more than a religion and more than another pathway to God and more than a construct of human thought, but rather as the revealed truth of God concerning the redemption of man's soul and our relationship with the almighty God through his well-pleasing son. And on Easter morning, believers celebrate while skeptics investigate the claims of a risen Christ. These claims began with the arrival of faithful women. The Bible says who came to the tomb where Jesus' body had been placed that Friday evening. Record is that they came because it was the Passover. And Jewish law prevented them from performing the final acts of burial for the dead. And so they wrapped the body of Jesus in grave clothes to, as best as possible, preserve it. Until they could come early to perform these final rites. That's why these ladies showed up. To get the body of Christ ready for burial. Imagine for a moment. Imagine for a moment what it took for these women to prepare themselves emotionally. To be able to handle the dead body of Jesus. Think for a minute what they had to go through. The, the prayers that they had to pray. The, the conversations that they had to have, the, the, the internal dialogue that they had to have in order to get themselves strong enough, first of all, to deal with the sight. Then to be confronted with the stench of the dead body of their Savior. They went there ready and prepared for 
being perhaps overtaken with overwhelming grief. But when they got there, Bruce, their grief was met with shock. For with all of the emotional preparation that they had done, nothing had prepared them for the fact that the body wouldn't be there. They, they had gotten ready for one thing, but something totally... Have you ever gotten yourself prepared to have to deal with one something, but, but all of a sudden something else out the blue? Something you never thought about comes. Something out of left field greets you and meets you. You prepared for this conversation, but you weren't ready for this question. You prepared to deal with this, but you weren't ready for that. They were ready for the dead body, not the missing body. And so one of the ladies said to the angel who she thought to be a gardener, she said, where have you laid him? Tell me and I'll go, go after him, I'll get him. They ran and told the disciples the body was gone. Peter and John take off to see what's going on and they found it to be just as the women said. Now that's the early morning mystery of this morning. That's, that's what I call the breaking news. The breaking news that happened while Jerusalem was still sleeping. And, and at that point, details were still sketchy. They, there, there was a, perhaps a news crew sent out to, to, to bring further developments. They, they believed it to be initially a crime scene where someone had gone in and stolen the body. <laughs> but by the time we get to the text, the early morning fog has lifted. The cool dew has burned off the sun has made its grand entrance upon the blue canvas of the sky. <laughs> and another report is starting to circulate that the body is not stolen, but that Jesus is alive. <laughs> Can you imagine the hysteria of this morning news? Man woke up getting his coffee. And the news comes, dead man walking. Be on the lookout, last seen. Wrapped in white clothes. Can you imagine the hysteria over the weekend? This man who called himself the son of God was crucified. Pilate tried to free himself because he said, I find no fault in this man. But in the end, you know what happened. The people cried out, give us Barabbas. And so they killed Jesus. He was buried. Roman soldiers placed at the entrance of the tomb to guard it from vandals and thieves and robbers. The whole city had been gripped by this drama played out in real time over the last 48 hours and now this and in verse 13 we meet up with two of Jesus's disciples who like everybody else is trying to make sense of this morning news they're taking their journey to a village called Emmaus which is about seven miles from Jerusalem it was later the same morning 
that these two leave on this journey to Emmaus, which suggests that they had been in Jerusalem during the crucifixion. Perhaps they had witnessed all of the gory, bloody, horrific details of Golgotha. Perhaps they had heard and seen the mob action against the Messiah. They had watched perhaps from a distance the dying moments of Jesus when he cried out to his father on the cross, into thy hands I commend my spirit. His images, his words, the scenes and the sounds of it all were sketched in their memories forever. Now after the reports that he's alive, these disciples walk this road with everything they have come to know, believe, and understand about people, faith, and life itself being called into question and shaken to its core. And sometime in this experience called life, we too are made to walk Emmaus roads. Oh, you may have never left Mississippi, but if you've been hurt by people, You've had to walk in Emmaus Road. You, you, if you've ever been met with tragedy and horror, unfortunate news and unexpected outcomes, you know something about Emmaus Road. If your faith has ever been gripped by grief and shaken by the shadows of death, then you know something about an Emmaus Road. And Emmaus Road is a road we face when the landscape of our reality has been altered by a seismic shift of our circumstances. And Emmaus Road is a road we journey after our worldview is being challenged because our world as we know it has been changed. And Emmaus Road is a road we must walk when what we have come to know, believe, and understand about people, life, and faith, and our place in the world is challenged by a new set of circumstances, a new condition, an unexpected event that creates a new reality. That's an Emmaus road. You thought one thing was going to happen, but life gave you another. That's an Emmaus road. You were planning for one thing, but life threw you a curveball. That's an Emmaus road. You were believing and living life according to a set of principles and values that you thought were universally accepted and true, and then you ran across some wicked folk with a different set of values who didn't mind stabbing you in the back. And that made you have to reassess your whole understanding of the world, your whole understanding of people and what's good. That's an Emmaus road. And an Emmaus road is a lonely road. It can be a depressing road. It can be an uncertain road. And in light, Jesus' crucifixion and now his missing body. That's the kind of road these disciples are walking in today's text. They're confused. They're saddened. And they are desperate for answers. Here's the good news, King. Here's the good news that just as Jesus joined them on their Emmaus road, so too will he join you on yours. That's the good news. Just as he walked with them through their confusion, through their question, through their doubt, and through their agony, so will he walk with you. 
text says they were walking, talking between themselves about what must have happened to the body. And while they were talking, Jesus showed up. While they were trying to figure it out, Jesus showed up. While they were trying to make sense of the morning news, Jesus appears and begins to talk with them. Mm. And so my brothers and sisters on the Emmaus Road, first thing we can understand when Jesus shows up is that he came to them in their hurt and hopelessness. Surely they were hurt. They were hurt because of the way things had turned out. They were hurt, perhaps even in their own, because of their own response. For remember that while Jesus died, there weren't a whole lot of his disciples around to watch it. Watch this. The women were there. It's in the text. John was there. But, but a lot of the other disciples were missing. Perhaps they were some of the ones who were on the outskirts of the crucifixion scene. And perhaps when they thought about in Jesus' dying moment, they were nowhere to be found. They were hurt heard about what had happened and heard about how they had responded. But here's what happened. He enters their hurt and walks with them. He enters their sorrow and walks with them. He enters their sadness and walks with them. And the Lord will walk with you through your hurt, your sadness, and your sorrow. Through your tears and your trauma, whatever has crushed your spirit and depleted your will to continue the journey, Jesus will join you on your Emmaus road. But more than hope, more than hurt, they had become hopeless. But the text says in verse 21, they say we had trusted that he had been the, he had been the one who would redeem Israel. They say we... As they explain to Jesus why they're so sad, they say, we were hoping that this man was going to turn everything around. We, we were hoping that this man was going to get the Roman occupation out of Israel. We were hoping that he would be our national Messiah. Have you ever had your hopes dashed? Have you ever faced the reality that what you were hoping for would not happen? They said, we hoped that he would be the one, but now he's dead and we can't even find his body. You ever had your hopes, the things you were hoping for, realize that, that, that it ain't going to happen? That's a, hard, that's a hard place. You, some of you had hoped that you would be parents. 
by now. You had hoped that you would finish school. You, you had hoped that your business would be making a profit by now. You, you had hoped that your relationship would work out. You, you had hoped that your child would come back home. You, you had hoped that you would beat that sickness. You, you had hoped that you would not need surgery. You, you had hoped that the thing would, would turn out right. You, you had hoped that the time that you had put in would, would, would come out the, the right way. All that you had hoped for. And one day you realize that what you were hoping for isn't going to happen. That's where they were. And in the midst of their hopelessness, Jesus showed up. When they had given up, Jesus showed up. When they had decided that all hope was gone, the author and finisher of their hope came on the scene. I need to tell somebody, don't stop hoping. It's sometimes when you've come to your last that Jesus says, that's just where I want you because when you've decided that there is no hope, he who is our hope, he who can do all things but fail will enter into our experiences. He said to him, watch it, he said, he said, he came in and he said, pal, he said, what are y'all talking about? And why are you so sad? Why, why are you crying? What, what, are you, what are you weeping about? What, what, what are you so sad? And, and let me pause right there and ask you that question. Why are you so sad? Why are you, I'm talking to you. Why are you so sad? I know, I know that whatever you're dealing with, that it's a real hurt and a real burden and a real tragedy. And I'm not trying to make less of the reality of that hurt and that tragedy. But I do need to ask you the question, why are you so sad? When you've got a God who said, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you, why are you so sad? When you got a God who said, I'll walk with you through the fire and I'll be with you through the flood. Why are you so sad? Why are you so sad when the God you serve has all power in heaven and earth? Why are you so sad when there's nothing too hard for your God? Why are you so sad when God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you would always be all sufficient in all things? Why are you so sad? There's nothing too hard for my God. Why? Why are you so sad when he who has begun a good work in you shall finish it? Why are you so sad when no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper? Why are you so sad when God will make your enemies your footstool? Why are you so sad when you can stand still and see the salvation of the Lord? Why are you so sad when the Lord will fight your battles for you? Why are you so sad when he who is in you is greater than the one that is in the world. Why are you so sad when if God be for you, who shall be against you?
changed you. Why are you so sad? Why are you so sad? When God is your light and your salvation, why are you so sad? Jesus raises that question to his disciples so that I might raise it to you. Why are you so sad? If Jesus is with you, you should not give up on life because burdens got heavy. Rather, you should be asking the Lord to help you walk this Emmaus road with a posture of faith. Walk it with a gait of confidence and walk it with a stride of strength. Walk it with a pace of patience and also to walk it believing that there is more on this road than just sadness and sorrow. But there's something else that God wants you to experience and get out of this. Secondly, secondly, secondly. On this Emmaus road, he showed up in their hurt, their hopelessness, but he also showed up in their doubt and their depression. Remember, they received reports about his missing body. As the day goes on, it goes from his body being missing to him being alive. Alive. Wait a minute, I could deal with somebody stealing him. But him walking? Alive. Could such be true after we saw what we saw? We saw him on a cross. We saw them take his body down. We, we saw him being wrapped in grave clothes. We, we saw it with our own eyes. And seeing is Believing. So we saw it. Alive. They doubted the veracity of these reports. And it's in their doubts and in ours where Jesus shows up. What are you doubting today? What is it that you find too risky to believe? What is it that you find too fantastic to trust? You who may have come. Wondering about this whole resurrection business. What does it all mean? You, you came because it's Easter and you know that on Easter you ought to come and thank God that you are here. But, but if someone could really give you answers about this resurrection, you'd be most happy. Because you find it hard to trust the word of God and to find faith in a God that you cannot see. Find it difficult to place your trust in something that you cannot reason within yourself. And don't worry because God inserts himself into those spaces too. That's exactly what the text says that these disciples were trying to do. They were trying to reason within themselves. What does all this mean? Reason and make sense of what had happened. And I need to tell somebody this morning the things that have kept you from coming to the place of faith because you cannot reason it out and make sense of it. Let the Lord enter that space. He will enter the space 
where there is a gap in your understanding, the things that you cannot reason, the things that don't jive and make sense for you. But I dare you to open your heart to him and say, Lord, what I can't explain, I need you to feel. What I cannot reason, I need you to take up residence. What, what I cannot understand, I need you to live in that space. And when he comes in that space, the good news is that his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways, but his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways, which means that things we cannot understand, God will somehow make it all right with our souls. Let me help you. Faith. Faith is not understanding everything. Faith is just believing that God will get in the gaps. Faith is not making sense out of everything. Faith is believing that what I can't understand, God has the mysteries in his hand and by and by we'll understand it better. I may not have the answers now, but, but what I don't know, I know that he's got the whole world in his hands. Help me somebody, I, I don't understand how lights work. But I believe if I turn the switch on. Y'all ain't talking to me. I don't understand HVAC and how cooling systems and heating systems work to draw air out and push air in. But I believe when I adjust that thermostat. And if I'm paid the bill. Something's going to happen. Wish y'all would talk to me in here. Something's supposed to happen and, and that's the kind of faith that you need when it comes to faith in Christ. You don't have to understand it all to believe it all. Some things I don't understand, but I don't have to understand it to believe that it's true. Do I have a witness here? Yes, he will enter those empty spaces. That's what he did for those disciples. The text says that he met with them, and I'm wrapping it up here. He met with them, and he started to walk them through the scripture. And he explained to them from Moses down through all of the prophets. He explained to them how the, how the scriptures revealed who he was. And when, watch this, and when he finished explaining it to them, you got to read this for yourself. Text says, they said, did not our hearts burn? As he expounded the scripture unto us. He said, while he was walking with us, that was good. But when he started talking with us, that's when it got better. Wish y'all would go with me here. I'm glad that we got a God who will walk with us. But I get excited that we got a God who will talk with us. We got a God who will hold our hand, but we also got a God who will fill our head and our heart with who he is. That's my third point. I'm through. When he shows up, head faith will become heart faith. I say head faith will become heart faith. Please, please.
understand, make no mistake about it, what Jesus explained to them on that Emmaus road had not to be new information. It could not have been new lessons. Surely they had heard these things before. Surely Jesus had taught who he was to them. But how many of you know the things you know in your head don't always make sense until you have to walk the road. Wish I had a witness here. There's some things that, that you've been taught in sermons, in Sunday school, in Bible study, and you believed it with your head. You accepted it as true in your head. But oh, when life got real, when the diagnosis came and it wasn't something that you wanted, suddenly head faith had to become heart faith. Wish I had a witness in here. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying there's some things that we learn as theory. But oh, when you have to practice it, when you have to live it, when you have to go through it, head faith will become heart faith. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying there's some roads that the Lord intends for you to walk. They will be lonely roads. They will be sad roads. They may even be depressing roads. But I, I need to tell you today that you got a God who will walk the roads with you. In the Lord all right today, and you got a God who will only, not only walk the road, but he will talk the road. Isn't the Lord all right? And I'm so glad today that what we learn will eventually become a burn. Isn't the Lord all right? That they had already heard that Jesus was the Christ. They had already heard that he is the Son of God. But when he walked with them and when he talked with them, what they knew in their head became something that burned in their heart. And I need you to know today that what you learn in the scripture will someday become walking flesh. In the Lord, all right, what you learn in Sunday school, one day you're going to have to live on Monday school what you learn on Sunday morning one day you're gonna have to walk through on Wednesday night in the Lord all right but I'm so glad today that with my learning I got a burning and I got a burning that burns on the inside that burns when I don't have any strength that burns 
Here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is. Here it is, here it is. Watch it, watch it, watch it. This head, watch it, hit it. Did not our hearts burn? Not because we got more information, but because what he said provided inspiration. And watch this. And it affirmed everything they had already been taught. It clarified everything they already believed. Hear me. An Emmaus road can be a very clarifying road. Where what you know about God will be put to the test. Oh, you know he's a heart fixer. But I dare you to have heart trouble. Suddenly the things that you heard about him and know to be true, he'll be a heart fixer and a mind regulator. You heard grandmama say he's bred in a starving land. I dare you to go to your pantry and your pantry's bad. You'll wonder how am I going to make it over and you'll realize that scripture is true. My God will supply all my need according to his riches in glory. And he may us rode while lonely, depressing, and sad can oftentimes be the most clarifying moments in our faith. So all I do, Pat, is I just ask Jesus to walk with me. While I'm on this Emmaus road, just walk with me. Hold my hand. Talk with me. Guide my feet. Wherever it is you will for me to go, I'll go if I know you're going with me. Whilst I'm on this tedious journey, oh Lord, I Door of the church are open. Come on, sing it with me. I want, I want Jesus to walk with me. The doors of the church are open. If you're here this morning, you can come. I, it doesn't have to all make sense right now, but God will show up, He'll fill in the spaces. Why else? Jesus, Heavenly Father, to walk with me. Something else I want him to do. Hold my hand. Hold my hand. Hold my hand. 
Somebody ever told him that God in my feet? I need you to show me where to go and where not.